0: The beginning of slap- <Ford> lifestyle. <water> Forgive me if I don't stay around to watch. I just can't cope with the freaky stuff.
1: Welcome to the New Flesh Podcast, a podcast about horror movies, horror news, and all things tangentially related to horror and the horror lifestyle. This week, we've decided that encompasses Madam Web, the new Sony, Marvel, it's a Sony movie in which they use Marvel characters, I think is the best way to describe it. Yes. Uh, what's going on with Ma- you got madam some webb. you
0: got some marvel in my screen gems even yes though it's oh, not, a, not it's, a really a screen gems.
1: this is the most screen gems in name only uh movie i've ever seen it's so it's giving priest it's giving <laughs> uh what's the other one with paul bettany legion oh yeah yeah, yes legion <laughs> <laughs> um it's very silly stuff i'm excited to be here to talk about it we've seen madam webb Madam Webb is taking the world by storm, even though it's not a box office success. I think that is not its value. It is <laughs> it is doing a lot online in making people appreciate Dakota Johnson, which I as a fan appreciate. Uh my wife, as someone who's annoyed that I'm a fan and annoyed by her, does not <laughs> appreciate her. My wife
0: finds her annoying too, actually. Marissa's not a fan either.
1: <laughs> a lot of people find her annoying. A lot of people find her like, mean, like, she's a mean girl, and, like, that's kind of... Either you think she's a delight on this press tour, or you think she's being very mean and condescending. And can can it be both? I don't know. I want (laughs) it to be both. But we're going to talk about Madam Web 1B, even though it should arguably be Madam Web with two Bs, but (laughs) they would like it to be as tenuously connected to Spider-Man as possible, so they had to drop the second B, even though to (laughs) me that would have... Go ahead. I
0: believe in the I believe in the comics. I'm gonna actually hear you here. I believe in oh. the comics it is just Madame Webb with one B. Just because of the the I think that's her, it's like a, it's a very unimaginative nickname for someone with the last name Web.
1: <laughs> I suggested on Bs. Roger and me that uh she should have had a more on the nose name like clairvoyance or something Ooh, but... i
0: love ooh, clairvoyance i like that yeah <laughs> all
1: right we got a jesse and i are gonna go to the lab and work up a script <laughs> superhero movies are popping right now people really want yeah. original <laughs> it's, it's boom new times yeah superheroes <laughs> that they've superheroes. never heard of that yeah. are tenuously connected to other things maybe or maybe not uh so we will be talking about madam webb i think extensively because there's so much to say on roger and me i didn't get to talk about spoilers and i really would like to just kind of walk through this crazy movie um, I want to walk through the the, circumstance, the contractual bullshit circumstances that have led Sony to be making movies such as Madam Web that may help explain why we've gotten so many Spider-Man movies and reboots in our lifetime. Uh, I did all the required reading. I thought I knew, and I did, but it's still great to see all the details um, actually broken down and how it really is pedantic contract stipulations that led us here. Um, so we'll talk about that there's a lot of horror news, uh, so we'll also get into all of that. You, you're not going to believe this, Jesse. There's another, there's a new Dracula coming. Another finally. One. Finally. Yes. It's been a few months. It's been a few weeks, <laughs> maybe, since the last one. So there's there's a new there's a new announcement on the Dracula front that I think you're going to be surprised by if you haven't heard it. It's very not at- attached to any of the other recent Dracula things. It's its own thing. Um so we should get right into the news because there's so much of it. And Madam Web is going to take at least three, four hours. So um, we should get <laughs> no, right yeah, into we're it. Get,
0: we're going to get tangled into her web. It, 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 uh, it, what is it? I, I was, uh, I was <laughs> waiting for you to get there. I knew like, yeah. it's the
1: whole, it's the whole <laughs> marketing campaign. It connects
0: it's, us all. Yeah. I yeah her, I web, uh,
1: her web connects us all. When people ask me yes. how the movie was, I simply go, well, her web connects us all, you see. Yeah. And yeah. they understand. It encompasses um, everything. Yeah. Before we get into the news... I should say we promised an episode on the bonus feed that didn't come this uh, last week, so it will happen. can Jesse the episode will now be it's gonna have a little bit of a shift, Jesse. it is it is no longer an episode on trunk locked in. It is an episode to see how much we can remember about trunk locked in <laughs> two weeks out from watching it, uh, which I think will be a fun experiment.
0: Yeah, nice challenge.
1: Nice challenge and then we'll also do another one because Jesse and I have seen the new Cohen brother singular film drive away dykes or drive away dolls depending on uh where you're reading the title We're, we should talk about that too because that was an unexpected delight for me i think it's just because I, some people threw some cold water on at it at, the, at festivals that i just like wasn't expecting much from it or maybe it was Macbeth being joel cohen's solo effort that didn't do anything for me I don't know why I wasn't expecting it to hit for me like a Cohen Brothers movie does, and it absolutely did. And I had an yeah. amazing time watching it, even though it is admittedly very silly and arguably slight. I found it to be a, just delightful, and if you're a Cohen Brothers fan, I think you should get excited. And yes, I think Jesse backed sure. that all that up. This, yeah, true? I
0: completely agree. I'm thinking about. I'm trying. To, I'm already strategizing about how I might see it again.
1: Ooh, I love that. Uh, so we'll another bonus episode Jesse strategizing on his plans to see Drive Away Dolls we'll get yeah, out the, the charts, charts and graphs, and graphs yeah. maps uh, print out the map quest to see yes, if you can get to there the movie theater, yeah, be yeah, cool. yeah. we'll get into all of it um, but let's just get right into the news because I want to talk about the new Dracula have you heard about this
0: Um, I've already forgotten what it is I saw that there was a new Dracula the only notable thing about it for me was that or the thing that stuck in my mind was that some trade i don't know if it was hollywood reporter this is more of a deadline move but i think it might have actually been variety or hollywood reporter described the plot of it clearly looking at the plot summary for bram stoker's dracula from 1992 assuming (laughs) that that movie is very closely based on the novel and it's not really i mean it has certain things that are very close to the novel and other things that are sort of elaborated on or sort of highlighted more stressed more for the movie but they were clearly describing bram stoker's dracula 1992 not bram stoker's novel dracula that's very funny uh, they're like so, Keanu Reeves stars. As... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. so they made it sound like it's going to be a remake of the 1992 coppola movie when i think it is actually just an adaptation of the novel that the clearly no one at the trades has actually read um so wow. yeah, I don't remember what the, I don't remember anything. That's the only thing I remember about it now. What's the rest? I'm of shocked.
1: That? I thought this would have really stuck in your craw because it's <laughs> Luke Basson
0: who's directing oh, there we go. Yeah. a new oh,
1: Dracula movie starring. Caleb Landry Jones, really? uh, <laughs> creepy guy from Get yeah. Out and creepy guy from other movies. I can't remember what Also, my head. A creepy
0: guy from weird album covers because he also makes albums. I, I was going to get that this there. Guy has, he yes. has to bother me in the, movie, in the movie theaters. He also has to bother me in the record store. I don't like
1: it. I did notice that he dropped an album like last week or something, and I was like, what? <laughs> Caleb Landry Jones? I truly... I was it was more likely to me that there was like a hipster band that just called themselves Caleb Landry right, Jones
0: right. <laughs> that would make way more sense his previous album or one of his previous albums haunted me because it was all over rough trade record store for like what felt like years from well because nobody bought it It was bar- just <laughs> yes to bargain bin yeah I, I feel like every time i looked anywhere for records they would be like can i interest you in caleb landry drone's solo album that was like no you cannot all right yeah so it's him and, and luke basson who else who else who else we got here
1: speaking of like great names for a, a hipster band christoph waltz is also in it <laughs> which is my four-piece orchestra uh uh all strings christoph waltz i don't know why but it sounds right um so they will lead this bram stoker's dracula retelling what do we know about it christoph waltz is in talks to star okay do we know who's gonna be who no we don't caleb landry jones just starred in something with Passan, uh called a movie called dogman that premiered at venice i don't know anything about that movie because i feel like luke Passan soft canceled Hard cancelled?
0: Yes. I think he was less soft, soft like the, you know, how do you say, the soft cheese uh, cancelled? Uh, <laughs> yeah, He was fromage <laughs> cancelled? Yeah. <vivage canceled>. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think you're right. He was, I mean, I think that's why, I feel like five years ago, I would be like, Luc Besson, fuck yeah! And now well, I'm people like, love ah.
1: Lucy. I'm sure you were on that train I too. I did, I like Lucy. Everyone love loves that good. dumb fucking movie that I hated. <laughs> and it really drove me insane. But I'm, I don't know, I was a... Uh, I thought *Leon the Professional* was cool when I was like twelve. I yeah, I, I don't know. He makes know movies I,
0: that seem super cool when you're twelve, or yeah, you know, even as often, even as old as thirty. Sometimes I'm sure so I, I mean, like La Femme
1: Nikita. <laughs> I'm you know, I mean, did he do Anna? Was that his last movie? Or yeah, was, did
0: he... yeah he did do Anna. I liked that movie. Uh, pretty disreputable stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. I feel like he was soft-canceled around then, but for some reason that one, I was like, eh, I'm giving up a pass or whatever. Uh, and, and for some reason, the new one sounds, not Dogman sounds kind of bad. I'm sure I'll see it. And then... This Dracula thing do- does nothing for me Even though I'm not I would usually be delighted to hear more people Everyone should do their own Dracula movie Everyone in the pool, do some more Draculas But there's just something about the combination of Besson And Caleb Andrew Jones That feels unseemly
1: <laughs> That yeah.
0: just makes me kind of cringe I don't know
1: Yeah, well maybe that's, you know, it's horror lifestyle Maybe that's what they're going for uh, You have to hand it to them in that regard um, Very exciting stuff We've teased this in the past And I think we just know a little more So I'll tease it again We knew that David Robert Mitchell, the director of It Follows and Under the Silver Lake, who has not made a movie since Under the Silver Lake, which – was that 2015 or something? Like, it feels like it's been a long time. Oh, no, it was
0: 2019, yeah, but still.
1: No, 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 no. Under the Silver Lake is in 2019. Is it that came true?
0: Out, it, came, it came out, well, you know, it was at Cannes in 2018, but it came oh my out God. for real in 2019.
1: Why man. did I, I really put it back in my memory. I really <laughs> thought it was, I had to. It
0: feels like, well, because it's a pre-COVID movie, so that kind of feels like, eh, that was a million years ago, right? <laughs> like, God. Uh, so we haven't, we
1: don't know anything about, well, I guess we know two things about this man. He's doing a It Follows sequel called They Follow, uh, and I do not know the timeline for when that's coming out, but there was also this thing on his calendar that was a Warner Brothers thing that all we knew about it was it was shot in IMAX, or it's going to be shot in IMAX, and I think we knew that it started Anne Hathaway, so now we know Ewan McGregor is also starring in this David Robert Mitchell mystery movie at Warner Brothers, and we know from, uh, I believe this is a Jeff Snyder exclusive, so whenever I give a Jeff Snyder exclusive, everyone put on your um, skepticism cap. Your uh, t- snort some salt. Sn- snort some <laughs> grains of salt, um, because we don't know if this is true. But he says it's a genre movie. It's being made at Bad Robot, and that it's set in the 1980s and features dinosaurs. Uh, how do you feel about this information?
0: I feel fantastic. I had her also referred to it, heard heard it referred to somewhere as being sort of a family movie with. Anne Ooh. Hathaway and Ewan McGregor as the parents, like, which gives me a little bit of pause only because. I'm like, do we really need another guy trying to remake an Amblin, you know, trying to recapture? I feel like at this point, there have been, like, five times more people trying to recapture the magic of the Amblin movies than there are actual Amblin movies from the 80s. Yeah, there's more
1: seasons (laughs) of Stranger Things than there are Amblin (laughs)
0: movies. (laughs) Right, exactly. Although, uh, Stranger Things, I'm sure, helped get, if that is the case, Stranger Things, I'm sure, helped get this thing going. Um, That's the only thing that gives me pause. But, like, generally, IMAX, Dinosaurs, Anne Hathaway... Ewan McGregor, director of *It Follows* and *Under the Surface*. Yeah, that all checks out. That all that all sounds like the movie I want to see the most. Actually, I love his movies, and I'm very excited about this.
1: Would you prefer which to shoot first? Do you want *They Follow* first? I'd rather see the this? dinosaur
0: thing first because uh, I, as much as I'm looking forward to *They Follow*, I felt
1: do out you feel. That-
0: he couldn't get another thing going since under the Silver Lake, so...
1: That's kind of my thinking, is that, like, I need him to make this, because if he makes, they follow. They will not let him make the dinosaur thing. <laughs> or, uh, like, it just won't happen. It'll just fall right, apart. Right. WB yeah. will change hands, or Zaslav will decide dinosaurs are, like, uh, bad for business, and yes, sell it off for delete tax. them all from, yeah.
0: the, from the hard drive.
1: <laughs> really silly stuff. Um, And if we... I guess we should put an update on the Coyote versus, uh Acme thing, which is that David Zaslav allegedly is sticking with the plan to just like dump this movie. Even though there's multiple studios interested in buying it, they were like hard on it being like, we're getting $80 million for it or we're not selling it. And I'm surprised yes. no one offered that uh, because it seems like they would, if you put that movie out theatrically, you know, uh, let's say five weeks ago <laughs> in, uh, where there's nothing out right now and migration has has snuck its way to a, a, a lot of money. It just it drives me nuts that Warner brothers has a children's movie that they're spiking for his tax purposes when it's just a bad business decision when you realize that, like, you look at movie calendars and kids' movies and how they perform. It doesn't make any sense. Do you agree?
0: No. I agree that it doesn't make any sense. I'm sure there's some kind of business school douchebag reasoning behind it.
1: I, like, I want to <laughs> believe that, but I just, I, I can't fathom it in this case because it just think, doesn't and make I any sense. I think in this case
0: they, they don't want, I don't know why, why it would be an advantage, but I think the idea is that if and I, this is completely I don't know anything about this shit, but like my guess is that if they take a loss on it, they can write it off in a certain way, or just you know if they just delete it, they can write it off the write off the whole thing and so good way That'll save them some money. But if they sell it at a loss, even if it that is for more money than they can write it off, I feel like that tax wise, that probably doesn't. Sure. Them. But what it's about a third option
1: where you win. put it out in theaters and it makes a lot of money because yeah, it's a, that, it's a popular thing.
0: That seems like that does seem like the best. <laughs> but you see, that's risky a, ta- a, ta- a tax write-off is just, uh, pure you know pure profit um it's very dumb yeah they you would think if they if they don't want less than 80 million for it then maybe they could just consider putting it out in the theaters because they've already i got news for you the 80 million's already gone so maybe just right either take take 60 or whatever someone was offering you or put it out it's it seems it seems very stubborn very anti-art he's just
1: he's dug in in on it at this point and i think he just won't he won't budge. It's been reported that he hasn't seen the movie, which is extra yeah, of funny. Of course
0: not. No, I'm sure he doesn't watch any fucking movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, he watched
1: The Flash because it was the best thing yeah. he'd ever seen in the world. Yes.
0: <laughs> He's um, since then he said I'm not going to watch anything more. I don't want to. It's just not going to live up to The Flash.
1: Which which is totally fair. Um, yeah. what else do we have to talk about here? This is like stealth. One of the coolest bits of news of the week. Uh, did you know that Jean-Claude Seurat has been announced to direct a new Universal Blumhouse thriller? Called The Woman in the Yard Starring Daniel Deadweiler
0: No, and I think Wait, well that's the one that's like Slotting into the January uh, Yes, right? the January it's January 2025
1: Megan Why do you know about this? What do you know?
0: Because because Megan moved off of that slot And is yes. now coming out in the summer or Megan My, two, like Megan Oh two, yeah,
1: I actually did time this correctly My next bit of news is about Megan moving from January 2025 To May yes. 16th, 2025 So they yes. slotted in A jean Colette Seurat directed thriller if you don't know who that is how dare you first of all uh and <laughs> the horror space you should know him as house of wax guy orphan guy the shallows guy if you're a niece and actioner guy he did like a bunch Un- of those
0: unknown, run by night yes yeah. a lot of stop is probably the best one the commuter is also really good uh, and he also made Jungle, Jungle Cruise, Cruise and Black Adam.
1: Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's coming. He's, off
0: like a, he's got so streak. much stuff in the holster because he's got one called Carry On. That sounds right in his zone coming out on Netflix this year. Yes. Uh, and then he's got this horror thing for Blumhouse set for early next year. And then I think he signed on to do something else, too. I think there's uh, some other thing that he's he's gonna do right after that so he's uh he's just cranking him out which we love to see i love his i love his stuff
1: we don't even have a log line for
0: this (laughs) yeah
1: i don't like black adam either but i'm i'm uh, black adam and jungle cruise you know that's like him getting paycheck money movies for me i don't care that they don't count in his oeuvre (laughs) i will skip them uh but we don't know anything about this movie uh log line kept under wraps but somebody said jason blum said Perfect match, a film that's ambitious in scope, but modest in budget, that combines Jean's vision with the incomparable Daniel uh, Deadweiler. Thank you, Jason Blum. Uh, He learned a woman's name. We have to (laughs) applaud him for that. Um, Megan 2, as we mentioned, is uh, moving. What do we know about Megan 2? Allison Williams is back. The little girl is back. Who's the sister of the little girl from Black uh, Phone, I believe? Oh, yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. uh Akela cooper is once again writing the script and james wan is back to produce Akela cooper wrote malignant she wrote megan didn't she also write like the nun too i
0: believe i think she or, worked like, on it yeah yeah, she else worked on too. it
1: so megan 2.0 pushed to may uh i do you i think it's safe to predict now i don't know if it happens in megan 2.0 i feel like megan 2.0 may end with a tease For Megan versus Chucky, what do you think? I think that that will be the way that Chucky ends up back in theaters uh, after this like TV series. Hopefully, maybe the TV show is still going, but I feel like people want Megan versus Chucky, and it just seems like it's gonna
0: happen. I do feel like it'll happen. I don't know if they'll, I, It's weirdly it almost feels like Megan's too big to like deign to have Chucky be the cool post. How dare right? you
1: say such? I mean,
0: things. I love Chucky. I just mean right now, what do the kids care about? The kids don't care about Chucky. They care about Megan. No, I mean maybe I don't know. I don't know what they. I know it does well the Chucky TV series, but I don't know what like if it's like young people who watch that or if it's just like olds like you and me. Yeah. Um, but I, I I do think they'll be they'll they'll make Megan versus Chucky happen at some point. I think that it's just it's inevitable. <laughs> Yeah, I agree.
1: Um, There's a new Rennie Harlan uh, shark movie. Aaron Eckhart, Ben Kingsley, starring in Deep Water from Rennie Harlan, who, what is this guy? Like, how does he find the time? He's directing three Strangers movies, and he's doing another shark movie, because he famously did Deep Blue Sea, of course. Um, This sounds like it could be a cheapy, shitty movie. Rennie Harlan hasn't been making, like, high-profile things for a while. Um, But, you know... The Strangers is definitely, like, a return to uh, genre stuff for him and, and things that aren't, like, Skip Trace starring – was that what he – did he do that? Johnny Knoxville and Jackie Chan movie that, yeah, like, barely did, yeah. came out here?
0: He did one called The Misfits with Pierce Brosnan that also barely came out and was kind of a low-rent low rent action thriller kind of thing.
1: It feels like he's doing – I don't know what you'd call them. Like, he's just doing non-American stuff, I guess. So yeah, stuff yeah. That he's doesn't doing get stuff distributed. that – yeah, yeah,
0: where the where the rights get sorted out at the can market or something that kind of movie. Yes,
1: yes, exactly. Um, the plot for the neon horror movie Cuckoo, starring Hunter Schafer from Euphoria, uh, is has been revealed. I've been avoiding the trailer, so I'm going to avoid reading the description. But it's the first we've heard of it. It's coming out May third, 2024. It's been a part of the cool marketing that Neon's been doing for their horror movies, alongside. Um, the Oz Perkins one called Long Legs. Very teasy stuff. This one stars Hunter Schaefer, Dan Steven, Jessica Henwick, and a bunch of other people. It's directed by the person who did Luz, lose Tillman Singer, which was a cool experimental movie. So I'm definitely looking forward to this. Um, according to Deadline, Mike P. Nelson, the guy who did, remember the Wrong Turn remake that was kind of good in 2021?
0: oh yeah yeah okay Uh yeah
1: that guy is making a new movie called titan that will star happy death days jessica roth and fear streets kiana madeira you know we all know fear streets kiana madeira of course um titan is set against the backdrop of brazil's curica river in the present day when a team of young doctors uh embark on a local humanitarian mission through the amazon rainforest it soon becomes clear that not everyone or everything is happy to see them their arrival draws the attention of an ancient predator. This ancient killer dominant on landed water clashes to reclaim the jungle. The ensuing fight for survival blurs the roles of hunter, prey, and hero. So it sounds like Predator without the alien backdrop maybe. Yeah. Uh, sounds cool. I'm yeah. interested in what a guy who can turn a remake of Drong Turn into a cool movie can do with something like that. So that's interesting. Mickey Keating, the guy who does a lot of low-rent or, I guess, cheap horror movies you may or may not have seen. Darling, Ritual, Carnage Park, Pod, Off-Season. He's younger than b- b- both Jesse and I. He's like a very young guy who has just prolific amount of work. He works with Joe Swanberg often, and he's, as he is this time. There's a new movie coming out from him called Invader. It's executive produced by Bloody Disgusting, as well as, I believe, producer Joe Swanberg. They are putting it in Alamo Draft Houses on March 15th, I believe. So if you're interested in low-budget Mickey Keating things, there's a new one for you. I reluctantly watch every one, and I will continue to do so. They're always like 70 minutes. Have you seen anything from him?
0: I actually haven't so I don't think I've seen any of this.
1: It's fine. You don't really have to. Um, maybe one day he'll get there. Um, Nick Cage has a movie coming to South by Southwest called Arcadian that was just picked up by RLJE. Uh, and the premise goes like this. After a catastrophic event depopulates the world, a father and his two sons must survive their dystopian environment while being threatened by a mysterious creature or creatures that emerge at night. Um, sounds pretty generic, but hey, maybe that'll be cool. It's coming to Shudder and AMC Plus later this year. Evil, the TV show that I reference all the time because so many movies are doing what Evil is trying to do in terms of be a procedural that goes, hey, Here's a supernatural storyline that's potentially paranormal or supernatural. Maybe there's a real-world explanation. Maybe there isn't. Um, it's a great show. It's been on CBS. Now it's on Paramount+. Plus. It's getting a fourth season that's coming out soon. And sadly, it has been canceled with that fourth season. So uh, I just wanted to mention that for fans of the show. Sorry, it's been canceled. But if you haven't seen it, it's still worth watching. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Katya Herbers uh, and uh, I forget the other guy's name, but he's in a lot of stuff too. It's a cool show. I enjoy it very much. I'll be sad to see it go. Radio silences Abigail, the other Dracula movie that we know about. That's called it's was was once called Dracula's Daughter. Rated R, which is, I'm actually happy to hear about. Strong bloody violence and gore throughout pervasive language and drug use. We love to see it. Um Peacock has ordered a limited scripted show, John Wayne Gacy, Devil in Disguise. They will just never stop making stuff about the like prolific serial killers will they
0: no that's uh they'll be yeah that's i grew up with these, of those
1: yeah i grew up with like new books all the time and new movies and new crap about these guys and they're still they're still very popular um so what does that say about society i don't know <laughs> that's not what we're here for we're here to tell tell you about the bewitched series reboot from the writers of the boys which is coming uh this doesn't really interest me so i'll move right i move right along James Wan and Simu Liu have an untitled techno-thriller that's getting a straight-to-series order at Peacock. Um, They don't have a title, but they have a description. Five minutes in the future, a first-generation American intelligence analyst realizes his brain has been hacked, giving the perpetrators access to everything he sees and hears. Caught between his shadowy agency and the unknown hackers, he must maintain a performance 24-7 to flush out who's responsible and prove where his allegiance lies that sounds kind of awesome
0: yeah uh, cool.
1: it's a bummer that it's television i wish it were a movie as i will say every time there's television news on the show i have to be consistent um speaking of movies the first omen also rated r uh violent content grisly disturbing images brief graphic nudity it is opening april f- four five twenty four does that mean anything to you
0: no, is it? Should okay. it? No, I was trying to do a met something. Oh, we all well, that was just a that was a watershed day. <laughs> we, yeah, we all went out to see it on six sixty
1: six. It's just so funny that that was so clearly a hastily made. We got to get this fucking thing out by then. Production, I feel like, very silly. Yeah. Um, Dennis Quaid has signed on for a leading role in a Paramount Plus series called Happy Face which is the news here is that Dennis Quaid's playing a serial killer and apparently an infamous real life one. Uh, I'm trying to find out. Um, Okay. Yeah. The series is inspired by the podcast of the same name uh, and the book shattered silence written by Melissa Moore in the book in real life. Moore discovered at 15 that her father was a serial killer known as happy face due to the smiley faces. He drew on evidence when he bragged about his crimes as an adult, she changed her name and guarded her secret while her father has been serving life in prison. The show is about him as an incarcerated serial killer who's also her once beloved father. So what will that show actually be about? sounds like it won't be about him serial killing. He'll already be in jail. Um, Christopher Nolan says he wants to make a horror movie and that he's looking for a really exceptional idea. Let me see what he said here. Nolan was speaking as a, at an in-conversation event at London's British Film Institute In response to a question from an audience member whether he would consider making a horror film, he said, Oppenheimer has elements of horror in it, definitely, I totally agree, Uh, as I think it's appropriate to the subject matter. I think horror films are very interesting because they depend on very cinematic devices. It really is about a visceral response to things, and so at some point, I'd love to make a horror film. But I think a really good horror film requires a really exceptional idea, and those are few and far between, so I haven't found a story that lends itself to that. But I think it's a very interesting genre from a cinematic point of view. It's also one of the few genres where studios make a lot of these films, and they are films that have a lot of bleakness, a lot of abstraction. They have a lot of qualities that Hollywood is generally very resistant to putting in films. But that's when a genre, but that's a genre where it's allowable. Um, that's just cool. I hope that happens, even though it seems unlikely to me that you would actually deign to make a horror movie <laughs> like Scorsese giving us a Shutter Island. Like, thank you, yeah. sir. <laughs> I appreciate this. Yeah. Um, the Smile sequel is casting a bunch of people that you may or not have heard of Dylan Jellula among them. Wanted to shout out that Smile 2 exists. Details are being kept under wraps. Finn Parker, is that his name? Parker Finn has returned to direct from his own script. The sequel's coming out October, 2024, uh, which will go up against an unnamed title from Universal. Uh, Scott Adkins has been tapped to join Kickboxer Armageddon, the final chapter in the reboot trilogy of the classic 80s action franchise just to mention for the dtv action heads that scott atkins is involved and it you know now takes this thing up a tier to uh potentially really exciting action choreography and stuff like that um i should have led with this jesse chucky season three part two i guess is what it would be uh april 10th yes april 10th which is less than two months away it had a really fun reveal in Fangoria. There's a cover where Devin Sawa's on the cover. Chucky's about to kill him, and it's like, you know, you got to buy this magazine to save Devin Sawa or something. <laughs> like Very silly stuff. Uh, love to see that collaboration. Glad Chucky's back. What else do I have here? Did you hear that Nicolas Cage is reportedly circling the live-action Spider-Man noir series and wants he- to star in it?
0: I wasn't sure if it was going to be live action or not. Actually, that was, that was very unclear to me. That's that's really interesting. That's I had see, I heard heard he was that they were looking at him for actually doing it, which I would love. That would be delightful. If he, it's so funny that he was like talking about how he kind of felt for the first time like he might want to do TV. Yeah, like that. The re- recent interviews, he was kind oh, of yeah. talking about. How he felt like maybe he had taken the film stuff as far as it could go for now, and he'd never done TV, and had always sort of been uninterested, but now maybe he would give it a shot. I would love it if, if what it turned out to be that brought him to TV was just Spider Man Noir. <laughs> that would be, I would be delighted by that. Yeah, a off of a uh, of a movie that's really actually quite good.
1: <laughs> yes. Um. The the news came with the 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 uh, the other piece of news, which is Silk Spider Society, which was a show that was supposed to happen. Over there at Amazon as well. That show is not happening. Whatever that was. I think it was an animated thing. Uh, so that's not happening. Um, what else do I have to tell you? Ridley Scott. Not a horror movie, but I love Ridley Scott. So I have to tell you what he's directing next. He's directing Paramount's Bee Gees movie. Uh, Ridley Scott's about to do a music biopic. Uh, while it's not the typical film for him, several factors came into play that led the studio to pursuing him and uh, and him agreeing to do it. First, he recently wrapped production on Gladiator 2, and according to sources, early footage blew executives away, as if like they needed like new, <laughs> they needed new material to go. Wow, Ridley Scott's a good director. I can't believe. Yeah, this. <laughs> he's um, got it. Yeah, uh, he's known for finding his follow-up projects quickly. And once production wrapped last month, the studio was quick to get him the latest draft of the BGS film in front of him. As for Scott, the director has a long-standing link to the legendary group, going back to when he was trying to launch his directing career. That connection is the group's longtime manager at the time, Robert Stigwood, the music mogul who had been managing the group since the 60s and played a big part in the resurgence in the 70s during the disco era, while at the same time getting into the movie producing business. Stigwood would put Scott on the medieval film Castle Accident that would star the band's three brothers, Barry, Robin, and Maurice. Ultimately, the film never came together, and Scott went on to make The Duelists his debut, which is so good. The Duelists, uh, instead. But that desire to tell some sort of story with the group remained and now nearly 50 years later ridley scott has that chance how interesting is that and weird
0: it is interesting and very strange i would not (laughs) he's great at picking stuff even gladiator 2 was not something I would have guessed if you were saying, "Oh, it's going to Ridley Scott gonna do next." I, knew, I don't think I would have landed on, "Oh, he'll probably make Gladiator two about 24 years later, and Denzel Washington will be in it." That sounds right. That sounds. That's what everyone was kind of yeah. assuming. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, you're like, "Well, okay. Well, next he'll probably uh, he'll probably do his story about the Bee Gees, right?" <laughs> so. as what I, I. even though I'm not like a big Ridley Scott guy, I got to hand it to him. He really he keeps zigs. me on my toes. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. zigs when
1: you he think he'll zag all the time. Uh, I, I appreciate him for sure. Paramount got life rights to the Gibb family estate in 2019, as well as rights to the classic songs. Uh, and the, the movie will probably follow the Bohemian Rhapsody format, which means make it acce- <laughs> accessible <terrible>. to yeah. <laughs> make, make it bad and accessible enough to audiences that yeah. it'll be a huge hit and then it won't offend anybody. And that the band right. will make themselves look really good in it.
0: Yes. Um, that's about what it is. We can all agree. No one was at fault. That's yes. That's the, except this one guy it'll be, it'll be fun to see. It's always fun to see with those movies. I'm looking forward to seeing that with uh, the Bob Marley one. When I see it, uh, who's the one guy they all, they all agree to blame
1: for yeah. the
0: bad stuff that happens. It's always a different guy and I can't wait to see who it'll be for the BGS.
1: Yeah, we're looking forward to that for sure. Um, Alex Cox, the director who was big in, like, was it the 80s or the early 90s, maybe? Yeah, like he, the 80s, yeah. He did Repo Man, uh, Repo Man, uh, Walker. And then I think there's, like, definitely some interesting backstory that I don't know about as to why he disappeared for so long. But apparently he's getting back in the saddle and doing Repo Man 2, The Wages of Beer. Um, <laughs> this is apparently a very real thing that's happening. Uh i don't know anything about it we got to keep our eyes on that one uh brett easton ellis the author and writer is making his directorial debut with a horror movie called relapse that's it's being described as an elevated horror movie which i which is hilarious uh <laughs> and it will, he, st-
0: who is he gonna hire to elevate it
1: um joseph quinn of stranger things <laughs> is uh, he's hiring okay. to elevate it a guy i don't know um is he the one who also just got cast in fantastic four there was one guy whose name i didn't yeah, know yeah i think it, it must is be the him. guy
0: who was in fantastic four yeah
1: wow the guy's keeping busy this guy's in fantastic four quiet place day one and the gladiator 2 movie wow jesus christ wow. um stranger things launching pad i didn't realize i guess i guess that's where maya hawk came from too anyway <laughs> besides coming from ethan hawk and e- <laughs> yes, <Uma Thurman>. yeah. <laughs> excuse <Yeah>. me <laughs> um yeah so brett easton ellis is directing a horror movie called relapse uh In relapse, a guy checks into rehab after witnessing a horrific death during a debauched party. Three months later, he's set to get his life back together, staying at his parents' mansion in the hills of L.A., but things have changed and everything seems off-balance and he's paranoid, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to read too much about it, but are you interested in a Brett Easton Ellis-directed thing?
0: Not particularly, No. (laughs) yeah <laughs> he seems like a dick he's a prolific I mean, not that that, that asshole that yeah. yeah it doesn't like that like, of course you can still make good stuff if you're a dick but i don't know i don't know i've heard his
1: recent book is really good uh the shards and i'll okay, well. have to say like i read i'm sure i've described on the podcast when we talked about american psycho but i read that book and it's truly the most horror lifestyle thing i've ever read probably it's like <laughs> heinous it is disgusting yeah. um So I'm interested in the Shards, which, by the way, also just got optioned by HBO for a series. So um, Ellis said, I grew up watching the iconic horror movies of the 70s. I've written Lunar Park, a horror novel, as an homage to Stephen King. It seems appropriate that my first feature would be a horror film. There's a simplicity to relapse. It seems like the perfect form for my directing debut. Something direct and impactful. He said he's never seen a monster movie in the kind of upscale L.A. setting that he is familiar with. All right,
0: buddy. Ah. Take it easy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Calm down.
1: I noted to you this week that I saw an ad for Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman, the TV show. So I just Uh wanted to make sure that people know that exists, and it's out in March. And I also wanted to make sure people know Eli Ross Thanksgiving is on Netflix now. You can watch Thanksgiving for free or whatever you call it, whatever you call your subscription price to Netflix. To me, it's free. (laughs) Um, cause I, I feel like I haven't paid for Netflix in decades and they finally cracked down on the password sharing and now I just haven't used it in ages. (laughs) Um, but, uh, Thanksgiving's apparently on there. So where do we begin with Madam Webb? What, what do you, do you, do you think, you know, do you know the Sony Marvel intricacies and why this movie exists? Do you want to start there?
0: Yeah. I mean, i actually don't, I'm curious to see if you've uh, uncovered much in terms of, uh, Contract stuff because I know the broad outlines, which is that in the we want to really take it back to like 2007, uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3 did very well, but not quite as well as the first two Spider-Man movies. They were nonetheless were prepping a Spider-Man 4 with Tobey mcguire Kirsten Dunst, etc., and they weren't uh, they were kind of butting heads, Raimi in the studio. And I believe eventually Raimi walked away and said, I don't think so. Or maybe, maybe Sony said, we don't want to do this. I don't know. I think they came to a mutual decision that this wasn't working. It was going to be too expensive. It was going to be too whatever. They decide, fuck it, we're not going to keep doing it. We're just going to call it a three. The, the, uh, classic, now we have a trilogy because we decided to cancel the fourth one move. Uh, but Sony, of course, needs to hang on to the rights to Spider-Man. But to do so, they need to make movies. Um, there's some yes. kind of thing in their contract that says they need to do it X number of years or else the rights will go back to, uh, Marvel, which are now at that point, uh, not owned by Disney yet, but Marvel has their own movie studio, which was at that point being done through Paramount. And then not long after that, uh, Disney bought Marvel. And so Sony wanted to hang on to those Spider-Man rights. Uh, same as for a while, Disney, uh, Fox wanted to hang on to those X-Men rights. Um, so Sony pursued other options, which in this case was sort of rebooting Spider-Man with uh, The Amazing Spider-Man with a new actor, going, bringing it back to high school or whatever in 2012. It did okay uh, well enough for them to say, okay, yeah, let's do another one. Let's do a sequel to that one. Uh, that one did worse. It was the worst grossing Spider-Man movie by a lot. I mean, Amazing Spider-Man already was, but, <laughs> but then Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2 was, it did worse than that. Uh, and got very bad reviews, and kind of felt like it was all setting up this big. Oh, there's going to be a big Sinister Six movie, and then that'll maybe that'll lead into Amazing Spider-Man three, and all this stuff. They were sort of getting ahead of themselves, as Marvel was was at this point. You know, this was the Avengers time, so Marvel was putting these heroes together in these big movies, and I think Sony saw, okay, well maybe we'll do that with Spider-Man. Um, but those Amazing Spider-Man movies didn't do well enough. And now they were in a position of, well, if you reboot it again so soon, it's going to be really, look really goofy. Um, So they worked out a deal eventually while trying to figure out what to do with Amazing Spider-Man. They worked out a deal with Marvel, I think by this point owned by Disney, where they, Marvel Studios could produce and basically have creative control over a new Spider-Man movie and could use the Spider-Man character in some of their Disney movies. and. Sony would retain the rights and I think would still make the most of the, I think they would give uh, they would pay like, you know, some money to Disney for this. Um, and Disney could then use Spider-Man in, in. I think Captain America Civil War was the first one. Yes. Um, but Sony would continue to make Spider-Man movies. And that includes the new ones with Tom Holland that are directly tied into the MCU. And Sony could continue to use other Spider-Man characters uh as they pleased in whatever you know make their own movies spinoffs or whatever what i'm unclear on and maybe you've done enough research that you could tell me about this is whether sony could if they wanted to not i don't think they do want to and they certainly didn't at the time but whether they could if they wanted to also make some other movie starring spider-man uh that wouldn't be the top you know if they decided we're gonna do it the batman style and just like have another spider-man for going at the same time could they do that? It's confusing because they do the Spider-Verse movies, which have no involvement from Marvel and are animated and have Peter Parker in them and all kinds of Spider-Man characters. So if, I, I'm actually unclear as to whether... If, Matt, if if Sony wanted Spider-Man to just like turn up in Madden Web, but it, would, it wouldn't be Tom Holland, could they decide to do that? I'm not sure. Do you know?
1: It's, it's confusing, but I don't think so because... And the only reason we know this is because of the Sony hack and, like, there being leaked emails from Amy Pascal to Kevin Feige or whoever else and to her own executives where they talk about this type of shit. And she says, we don't – we have the Spider-Man universe, not the Marvel universe, so I have Spider-Man's enemies, relatives, and girlfriends.
0: Like, that's <laughs> what we can
1: use. And yeah that's why it's always been so funny is because it seems like they're and and madame webb makes it makes it seem clear that they like are they can't say peter they can't even say peter like is that what is that the joke they were trying to make or is that like they're just making a joke that they're not going to say it but right
0: I, i i legitimately couldn't tell i would guess based on her saying that my guess would be that there's something they've worked out where disney says okay if we're doing and this deal was like Done, and then they even kind of renewed it for to make a because for a little while Sony was in the position where they might be able to make a third Spider-Man Tom Holland movie without just or have to make it without Disney. That and then No Way Home, they did the deal for No Way Home, which was actually done by the Marvel Studios. I bet their deal with Marvel is something to the effect of while Tom Holland is Spider-Man. You can't hire a second Spider Man and make your own confusing. Yeah, undermining I think
1: that's Spider-Man part movies. of the deal. But like from what I understand, the deal is like very Sony heavy, and like Marvel just kind of like for the good of everyone, like took a bad deal. Like Marvel only gets a certain amount of percentage, and it's way less than Sony.
0: For oh yeah, their... it's yeah. Like the Sony movies are this money. Like when when No Way Home became the biggest grossing movie in the history of Sony, that money was mostly going to Sony. Yeah. Um, and Marvel sort of basically were a production company that Sony was distributing in that case. Uh, they like made the, they made the creative decisions, and Sony. It's a but it's a Sony picture. It, it's an inter- I mean, that's very interesting. That's very like like you know, it's like when the the old studio system like we'll loan the star out. You know, this star is under contract at Warner's, but we'll loan him out to MGM yeah. for two pictures like, in exchange for this or exactly that. It's exactly
1: like that. It's like uh, Spider-Man's like a split custody child now, yeah. and he has <laughs> right. to. So, sometimes he's over there and sometimes he's over here. But and I like, do
0: think if if the deal some if the deal expires, I don't know what the terms of expiration are either. But if it did expire, I think they Sony could continue to make a Tom Holland Spider Man movie without Marvel, or they could continue to make some other Spider Man movie without Marvel. Um, so, but, but right now they can't. It just doesn't seem like they're allowed to do the kind of have some more Spider Man's. But I also then wonder why they carved out an exception for animation, or what you know what makes Spider Verse allowed, you know, in that configuration
1: yeah that's a great question as well it's very confusing but like the 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 problem started i guess in like the 90s when um marvel in the 80s marvel went out to hollywood to license some of their superhero characters to different movie studios to create movies that were basically just so they could sell more toys and and comics So, the independent studio Canon, I think, bought Spider-Man at first and tried and failed to make a Spider-Man movie and went bankrupt in, like, 96. And so did Marvel. And then the rights to Spider-Man were lost in litigation until 1999, when Marvel recovered them and then sold them to Sony. And the success of the Sony Spider-Man movies, which are the Tobey Maguire, you know, 2002 Raimi one, uh, the success of those, along with the Fox X-Men movies, which then clearly Fox Marvel sold the X Men characters to Fox, helped pull Marvel out of a death spiral. And it's just so funny. So, this all stems from remember, Marvel was not making movies back in the day. <laughs> Until 2008, when Iron Man came out with Marvel Studios, like before then, Marvel licensed their characters elsewhere to make movies. They did not make movies. And then, when those movies became huge and arguably more like a more profitable venture, like movie b- blockbuster movies that make billions of dollars or a more profitable business than comics and toys.
0: <laughs> yes, very they, much so. <laughs> they thought they, they
1: realized this quickly, or not, not that quickly. It took them a long time, but eventually Marvel said, we want to make our own movies, which is how we have Marvel Studios now. But right. isn't it so funny to consider that when Marvel Studios started, they had loaned out their best characters to other people. So the first few movies Marvel did was Iron Man yeah. and like Thor and Ant-Man and stuff. And it was yeah. years and years before... They were like able to to like I feel like it's, it's only now that they have the X Men stuff with Deadpool and right. Wolverine right? right, And it's they only, only have... now that they have Fantastic yeah. Four. Uh, yeah, with I mean Fantastic they
0: had uh, they had you know Captain America and and the Hulk sort of like they had to work out a thing with Universal that was actually the second Marvel Studios movie and I think it was sort of an early version of that Spider Man deal where Universal still had the Hulk rights but Marvel Studios did Incredible Hulk the one with Edward Norton and universal distributed and that was sort of the deal they worked out. And I think even now they can't do a universe uh, you can't do a hulk movie just starring the hulk without some kind of sign off from universal. I'm not sure if they've bought that deal out or what but, it, but it, that's why there was never like another solo hulk movie. The craziest
1: uh, thing about these deals too is at least the Sony Spider-Man one is it's like not a contract that has a date that ends. It's like no, we own this now. It is a perpetual eternity, we own the 900 <laughs> Spider-Man characters and they do not revert back to you. The only right. way they revert back is... is if the, they don't make the movies. Yes, yeah. which is why, <laughs> if you're wondering, it seems like there's always a Spider-Man movie in theaters. It's because they're probably... Yeah, there kind of is. Because yeah. this contract stipulation for Sony is if they don't commence production within three years and so many months between the last one, then they, re- they lose the rights. So they're yeah. constantly making Spider-Man movies just to maintain the rights. And... Yeah, and there was also that deal that they made eventually to get the Marvel Universe Spider-Man to happen. Yes. So we're basically left with Marvel deals with the the, the Marvel – the Spider-Man things are Marvel co-productions. And the thing Sony does without Marvel is just mine the Spider-Man universe, as Amy Pascal put it, relatives and girlfriends of, <laughs> and, and villains of Spider-Man, where – I think the the movies are running into these problems without Spider-Man as the like the hero to, to, you know, these, these are all supporting characters in which Spider-Man is the hero and without the supporting, they're just without the lead. They're just flailing about with nothing to do. And this movie, as I said it before, like these movies only exist because Venom was like the experiment and Venom made almost a billion dollars. It was a huge hit. So they said, well, this stupid fucking plan to make movies about spider man's girlfriends and villains <laughs> and relatives is actually there's actually some money there, so why don't yeah. we why don't we do it? why don't we yeah. just keep making them so lo and behold, we have we had we got Morbius, which was a huge bomb we've got Madame Webb, which is not doing very well, and we've got Craven the Hunter, which looks better because it's r rated and just focused on like silly action, I think but
0: yeah. Um, it looks like it could be fun. I mean, all of these have looked to me gems. like, yeah. <laughs> well, it looked to me, and I and I say that you know, screen, screen gems, parentheses, complimentary, because, uh, I like that kind of disreputable, you know, uh, like, let's make it something a little more monstery, a little more like limited in scope you know you're not going to have three different multiverses worth of spider-mans running around these things and like a world and city saving stakes necessarily so in theory i i think that's kind of a fun idea it is kind of deflating to be like oh you're gonna get like venom without spider I i don't even really like the venom movies very much and people those are the ones that people agree are a big success it is kind of deflating because there's not like a great you know there's not much of a i don't know like you just kind of turn turn Venom into a, a darker Spider-Man. That's not very interesting to me. Um, but I do think there's some kind of potential in there. I wrote a, a little bit about this when Morbius came out that I kind of wish there was a little more of a drive to make these like monster movies or something out of Spider-Man villains because a lot of them are kind of monstery or sort of Jekyll and Hyde. You know, there's always like scientists who are turned or, or something like that who are or doctors or whoever who are turned into these uh you know kind of noble professions being turned into these monsters which i think is kind of neat and, and that's something that the marvel studio stuff it doesn't doesn't seem that interested in doing um and i think there was a little bit of that at, at work in madam webb and i think why part of why i didn't really hate it i was like you know it's a classic i'm not mad at it it's not good but i'm not mad at it Movie. Yeah. is uh, i really like the idea of that the movie sort of sets up of a sort of alternate universe where there's like kind of a different way of getting spider powers, and there's a very Spider Man like figure who is just horribly underexplained, undermotivated, etc. But the general idea that I like uh, is that he is like a Spider Man with no moral compass who's just like, oh, I had a vision of these girls. They might put a stop to me someday, so I'm going to have to murder them. So these girls are being stalked by essentially what if Spider Man was just like an amoral psycho. And they're eventually, these girls are eventually going to get spider powers of their own. That's kind of, I kind of, and then like, they're being helped by this psychic played by Dakota Johnson, who has kind of awakened her own latent psychic powers by near death experience. It's very silly and loopy, but this kind of core idea of they're being stalked by a Spider-Man and they have to figure out how to elude him. I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. I like that. I kind of like that. Yeah. But the way it manifests
1: is they just hide and then don't do (laughs) anything. Oh, I mean, the
0: whole structure of it, like, the, the whole mechanism of it is very dumb. Right down to, he doesn't use his spider powers to find him at all. Even though, and again, this is something I thought was kind of potentially interesting. Dakota Johnson's character essentially... Even though she gets psychic powers from a spider, which, I'm like, it doesn't really make any sense because spiders are not, I don't think, known for necessarily for their psychic powers. But, like, whatever. it's She basically has a really enhanced Spidey sense, right? Like, she has, like, a super, you know, what Spider-Man has where he, like, they don't really use this in the movies that much, but they use it a lot in the comics, where he can sometimes sense stuff right before it's going to happen. He's got to use it. The, it
1: happens in the game a lot where you avoid getting punched in the face or
0: something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like a split, you know, it's almost, it's much more like the force, like in star Wars, where it's like, you don't see the future necessarily, but you kind of sense things right before they happen. So you're able to anticipate them. It makes you a better fighter, makes you a better reactor. makes you better at saving people. And Madam Webb, as the, <laughs> I would formally refer to her, Madam Webb, uh, Cassie, Cassie Webb, as she's called by her friends, <laughs> uh has your like table super- is ready madam Webb. yeah <laughs> madam web right this way sir <laughs> right th- right this <laughs> uh she she has like a super version of that like she has her powers no strength no final weddings.
1: it's final destination power
0: yeah yeah she has final destination powers it's like a super spidey sense power again i think that's a very actually pretty cool idea for this stuff um but they don't do a good job of like using that power or using the bad guys powers to like put them in a really interesting kind of chess match. It's just that the bad guy also has a post nine 11 surveillance, uh, station that takes advantage of video cameras in New York, um, which is the perfect plan except for one possible flaw, which is that, uh, Someone could leave New York mm-hmm. and then would be completely invisible to him forever because he has no way of seeing them outside the New York metropolitan area.
1: But they don't um, know this. so but do they, they don't know that. so they just blunder so. around. Yeah.
0: yeah, so they just so – they, they end
1: up at the fireworks factory. So. Yeah, so
0: they, they just they, – it does not occur to them to get out of town. So they like return to New York, in fact, and just hang out at some guy's house uh it's a very that that whole like that's shocking to me that nobody worked out a better ver- a better version of that than well he hasn't really thought about how if they leave town he's completely screwed and they don't know that so they just happen to stay in town and he's not completely screwed until he is. you know it's just like that's all just based, dependent on coincidences which is so fucking stupid um but i think there is something you could do with this that it, that could be like a fun kind of you know Spider-Man adjacent whatever I think probably the smarter thing would probably not to be constantly teasing the existence of Spider-Man in this universe because they also bring in Uncle Ben and spider-man's actual parents because they're not dead yet of course and like you see the woman played by emma roberts who is i don't think this is a spoiler because like there's no other thing this could be she's clearly pregnant with peter parker who's going to become spider-man later and there was a rumor and maybe you've read more about this i don't because I, I don't know that much about it and, and the director sort of denied i this.
1: find it very confusing yeah i don't read too much about it but go ahead. there was a
0: rumor that uh at some point this movie was set in the 90s to better line up so that the baby this unborn Peter Parker could potentially be, you know, in some, some universe version of maybe, oh, maybe this is, he grows up to be, I think the one they were eyeing was um prob, not Tom Holland, but probably, uh, what's his face? Andrew Garfield. Like, oh, maybe this is kind of like a stealth alternate universe prequel sort of, like this baby who would be born in 1993 or whatever. But then that, but I think then the idea, supposedly the idea was they did the math and realized that doesn't work. Like, he would still be too young to be in those Amazing Spider-Man movies. And they scrapped it and made it 2003 instead. Uh, the director has and that's not true. And that the script she got always said 2003. Although that doesn't mean that there wasn't a script that said something. But the idea that this was changed mid-production from the 90s to 2003, according to the director, is not true. Um, and it also doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> it doesn't it's matter in the, the least. De-
1: the degree to which it's pointedly 2003 is very funny like it's like let's plaster uh with you know cgi photoshop let's put beyonce's album cover on the side of a building let's have her say uh i gotta go home and catch american idol it's about to start like
0: (laughs) oh i mean like the someone i saw actually my 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 pal alex dowd uh nitpicked this and i had to i would i didn't talked about this but i wanted to nitpick it back i'm very psychotic about listening to needle drops and being like actually that song wasn't out yet yeah um and this movie is hilariously precise about wanting to use stuff from that era they use a yeah, yeah 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 song from the first yeah 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 yep. ep i remember to make it. sure that it's already you know the first yeah yeah Yeahs album would have been out by then but like just to make sure they use one that like was definitely you know circulating by then in case fever yeah to me it was a deep cut one. i was like yeah cool. yeah this is this is really this could be 2001 was it art star um, what did they play it was an art star it's something called miles away which is yes. like one of the less famous songs from that ep i would say yeah um but it is the one with the EP with art star. And it's an even deeper cut than that. And then they, at one point, this is so funny. This is so beside the point of what the movie's trying to do, but I think illustrative of how they're really meticulous, weirdly in some ways, for no real reason. At one point they play the song toxic by Britney Spears. And this was what um, Alex was like, you know, actually that, that song was not really released to radio until 2004 (laughs) for all that. And that's true, but they even go out of their way to, to have the DJ, who's playing toxic on the radio, essentially say something to the effect of that's a really new song. The album just <laughs> came out. And I, and I think the, and I think this song is going to be really big. And it's true, In the Zone, the album that it's on, came out in late two thousand three and the song was a single in January two thousand four. And they like had someone cover for that, whereas I feel well, like I ninety mean, percent of movies would just be like, Good enough. It's close like okay. Yeah,
1: I mean that to me means like what's there's a there's a job title on movies where like you're yeah. supposed to figure that shit out and but, like in most movies that the, that
0: person yeah. is asleep because they never fucking yeah. do they always are using like completely approximated things, which I, I, I shouldn't get us hung up about. But I thought that was so interesting that they do really take a lot of of attention to detail, or whether they did that in post or whatever, like they were going, What's 2003? Not 2004, not 2002, not 1999, although there are some 90s needle drops in it, also, which I think fed the rumor that this was originally a 90s thing. Um, but then the, the only reason to set it in 2003 is actually something that I think is sort of interesting is that aesthetically, this really is very much a superhero movie from 2003. Like, this yes. is Daredevil, this is
1: Ghost yes. Rider.
0: Like, this is a 2000s, not Marvel Studios, not one of the really good ones like Spider-Man or X-Men. This is like one of those ones, Fantastic Four, the, you know, Elektra, etc., that is a little chinsier. It's a little like we don't know what to do exactly. We don't know what, what audiences will make of this. We don't know how to interpret the comics for a film. We don't know the balance to strike between something that's a little more grounded in a movie and something that's a little more outlandish in the comics. A balance that Spider-Man in 2002... Strikes very well that the X Men movie, this X Men two came out in two thousand three, and it was at the time this was like this is the best superhero movie ever made. Yeah, the X
1: Men were united.
0: Yeah, that's true. Everyone agreed. All the X Men agreed. We're united. This is the best one. Um, and this one is very much like that second tier Daredevil, which also came out in two thousand three. That kind of like this is garish. This is sort of visually show offy, but not like well made the way that Spider Man and X Men are. <laughs> and it really does replicate that aesthetic quite well and that's again in the category who, of who asked for this yeah no no one asked for it and i will say that again in the category I've i'm not mad at it i was just like watching it going huh i kind of appreciate for whatever reason that i've seen a yeah. weird replication of this like bygone era of superhero movies that where it's much cheesier stupider less didn't, thought through <laughs> didn't
1: those at least have superhero antics though this one is surprisingly <laughs> devoid of superhero antics the the commercials show uh at least they show Sidney sweeney in a spider-man outfit they yes. maybe show Madame webb in a spider-man outfit that is like not what this movie is doing no all. it's
0: no it's that and, that is that was the left the sourist taste in my mouth by the end of this movie because honestly for a lot of this movie i was like this is very dumb but i'm not bored i kind of like the way it's put together visually i think it's like fun to watch stuff that actually looks like the director wanted to make it look like a comic or make it look heightened which a lot of the marvel mcu stuff has really lost recently it's all kind of washed out and like tv looking and, and yeah. boring looking this one has like expressive use of color and there's like some cool deep inky blacks and like parts where like dakota johnson's hair like bleeds into the black background like night actually looks like night. <laughs> You know, the same person actually shot No Way Home. And I think this movie is, like, way better looking than No Way Home. uh, Or as Dakota Johnson
1: refers to it, Spider-Man, here he comes. Uh, (laughs) Spider-Man, he's back. And Spider-Man, the Goblet of Spider-Man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She, She really does ride the line between being kind of... You know, what's the word? Insouciant and, and like kind of amusingly so. And then just being like a bitch to be a bitch. <laughs> like, yes. like, come on, you know the names of at least one of those movies, but you're like acting like oh, you don't give a shit.
1: I don't, I do not believe she knows a name of the oh, Tom yeah. Holland Spider Man movies. I fully don't. I
0: feel believe like that. she probably, I, well, I feel like she could have legitimately. I mean,
1: I, 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 me. I care about this stuff, and those are the most interchangeably dumb, stupid titles on earth that they all have yeah. home in them or whatever. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, yeah. I mean... Why would you know that?
1: I don't know.
0: Yeah, maybe. I feel like she would know it by one of them being a billion-dollar movie. (laughs) But It's just a little bit of a... I I do think she's funny and sort of charming in a a kind of anti-charming way. But I do think she also kind of plays up. Like, I don't care. It's like, well, yeah, you don't have to care. Your mom is Melanie Griffith. (laughs) I guess the
1: rumor is that she wasn't aware this was, like, a shitty one-off thing. And she thought she was joining, like, the Marvel Universe when she did this. And, like... That would give that would explain why I think she fired her agent like days after the trailer came out. And there's a lot of there's a lot of speculation about
0: Well, I think it's more really what's going I think on it's more her. moreover that she has weirdly, I mean it maybe it makes sense because she has these kind of like old older Hollywood parents. I, I think she's very much of the she seems to be very much of the mind of like, you know, not oh boy, I'm gonna, you know, commit myself wholeheartedly to being Captain America or whatever. Uh, which even i know chris evans had mixed feelings about but she has her indie movies that she seems to really care about where she plays she plays very <laughs> she plays similar like similar to her persona characters but without the wealth and privilege where she plays characters who are sort of disaffected or sort of hard to read or inscrutable i think she's really terrific in lost daughter and oh she um, is i love that movie and she's really good in um Bigger don't you Splash. say cha-cha real smooth don't say cha-cha real smooth. i do think she's also very good in cha-cha yeah Um, And they're sort of like, you can see there's a link, you know, you look at Lost Daughter and Bigger Splash and Cha Cha Real Smooth and you can see the type of character she obviously likes to play. Uh, It's not a superhero. Um, So I really I think part of the agency switch even was that she has an indie movie that Sony was uh, that, that some agency was like, we'll get this we'll get this up at sony or whatever Or there's some kind of there was some kind of thing oh no it was her, her production company they were going to take on as well and with madam webb she's like getting an indie movie that was sort of in limbo set up it's that it was gonna sony's gonna release it so i do think most of these movies were just kind of made I, I do she's probably is genuinely not that interested in this stuff and was you know kind of playing the game a little bit um and that yes. too gives the movie a little bit of an interesting edge. It doesn't have that like rah rah, gonna sell the movie. You know, she's like this character who is not very interested in super heroics, and that's often the, the story arc in these superhero movies is someone who's not sure if they want this job and then they come to accept the responsibility and whatever. And Johnson really much, really very much sells someone who's like genuinely not interested in this bullshit. Uh, well, and with, with
1: great responsibility comes power or something. What, yeah, what is the yeah. bullshit way they said the that here? you accept the responsibility,
0: you will, you will assume great power. <laughs> so dumb. Um, but there's, there is sort of a little bit of friction in watching someone like, As the lead in one of these movies, be genuinely kind of blase and underplaying and sort of like thinking it's stupid. And I think some people have probably overstated the degree to which that's a novelty or like that's really great of her to do. You know, sure. I feel like some people were just like, she's amazing. You know, Dakota Johnson, innocent. And I know, again, my friend Alex Dowd was pushing back on that in his review where he was like, actually, this is a really disengaged and shitty performance. So, like, why is that yeah. fun to watch? Um, yeah. I did kind of find, but I did kind of find it fun to watch in the kind of, again, the same way that it's like, why would you make a 2003 superhero movie in 2024? Uh, it, there's something kind of counterintuitive and sort of like, well, stakes lowering about it that I found sort of enjoyable for a while and, until the movie sort of shoots itself in the foot even further, even even given its goofy aims.
1: Well, that's my point, is like the movie ends up being about a future that hasn't happened yet, yes. I guess is the way I would put it, where it ends up being this origin story that's just never going to pay off with the the follow ups that where the characters are the superheroes that they're supposed to be that yeah. they're teased at like it's like you want they do give you like glimpses of these women as superheroes in superhero costumes in the whatever the associated Spider Man but lady version whatever it is Spider Girl yeah. Aranya whatever um, yeah. they give you teases of that in dream sequences and then they don't even have the decency to give you the third act where they do it. It yeah, doesn't even give you that. It gives that's you That's what I was expecting too. It like, gives you the we'll get maybe in the future these chicks will be superheroes, but they're not now.
0: That's yeah. how it ends. <laughs> Don't worry, there's three, still three separate origin stories we would have to get through before we would get to the fun stuff. <laughs> and that's, like, I very much expect... I, I was not expecting this movie to be, like, wall-to-wall, Sidney Sweeney in a Spider-Girl costume, like, swinging through the air, you know? Like, you can tell from the trailers or just from what's not in the trailers and how much, of, you know, how much of this is obviously Dakota Johnson's character story that obviously it's not going to be, like, four Spider-Girls teaming up and swinging through the... You know, but you do expect that there's going to be some kind of, appearance since they are in the trailers in those costumes that yeah at the maybe they get their powers over the course of the movie and then the finale is at least one of them becoming spider woman and like working together I don't
1: even remember madam web wearing her suit maybe in the end as well in the flash no no something. she doesn't
0: wear anything she has a because she goes cause her blind jacket at the end so I guess this now we're getting into spoilers <laughs> oh who cares yeah we can yeah.
1: spoil the whole thing because this mind. character
0: in the comics to be clear is an elderly blind woman in a wheelchair
1: oh my god that makes this so much better i didn't even know that.
0: (laughs) yeah yeah so that's they're basically because when it inexplicably
1: shows her blind it just like started cracking up it's just so funny
0: yeah yeah well that's her whole deal in the comics so they really (laughs) are just getting this character to the point where she is has assumed the madam web you know mantle essentially uh, where she's sort of uh a She's the guy in the chair to use the Spider-Man, the 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 Disney Spider-Man uh, parlance, where they talk about his bet buddy Ned. He wants to be the guy in the chair for Spider-Man. She's the guy in the chair for spider-man i mean she's not that close with spider-man in the comics i don't think but she helps him sometimes you know he can sometimes go to her for help and i think the idea in this movie would be like well she could be the guy in the chair in a more active way for three different incarnations of spider-woman who in the comics i don't think are all spider-woman at the same time you know they they're different like they're uh, it's, it's a mantle that different people have assumed or different people have done over the years so it's very frustrating that they all the, the all three girls played by Sydney Sweeney and Isabel uh, Isabella Merced and uh, one other girl the gal from Ghostbusters Afterlife um, uh, podcast <laughs> yes podcast um, these these three girls who are all supposed to be teenage girls are uh, you know at the movies yeah like you said they're set up to eventually become different versions of Spider Girl and you don't get like even a fun scene of them. I you you would think that the kind of obvious thing to do, and again, I'm not that I'm digging the movie for not being obvious. It's just like kind of the thing the movie sort of prompts you to expect is that this guy, the bad guy, uh, Ezekiel is afraid that there thinks that he has these visions of the future of these spider women murdering him, (laughs) which doesn't seem like something spider Man usually does, but whatever. Uh, So he wants to kill them first. And, of course, the kind of, like...
1: Which, as a plot, I mean, is funny. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know what I mean,
0: just... this I think it's kind of a cool plot. And then he, you know, because this thing that they can't convince him they're not going to murder him. But then, of course, with the visions of the future plots, the thing that you will do with that is that, of course... By him trying to murder them he makes
1: them into what they become yeah
0: right right like so but that does not happen that... to be clear right right like you're kind of, you're they very do much dance prompted. on a table
1: at one point and I yes. don't understand how to, or why that was happening to. yeah
0: yeah um yeah that's their <laughs> oh wait
1: we forgot about the scene where they stopped to tell everyone how to do CPR for five minutes
0: yeah <laughs> yes to establish the metaphor is is very good at teaching um i'll have more time to to really marinate in this when i take my daughter to see it in a week oh good (laughs) she wants to see it um i don't know if it'll be playing
1: in a week you better hurry
0: i I i'm catching the last ever imax showing of it uh before before it's bounced from the 60th street imax um well and i had to warn her i had like i warned her beforehand i was like i saw this movie it's not inappropriate i don't think it'll be too scary for but it." it
1: does suck (laughs)
0: but yeah well just more than i was i don't even want editorial i was just like but the trailer might lead you to believe that you're gonna see like three different spider girls flipping around the city and that's like not gonna happen just so you know (laughs) you're gonna see a movie where they showed spider girl could exist in the future but doesn't yet um and that that was really really of all the dumb things the movie does it took that to really sour me on it like before that I was like ah, okay like this, this is very dumb and silly but like Can I'm we, not having a bad time uh, let's but, just start at the beginning
1: yeah. where it opens in the Amazon with her mom researching spiders before she dies yes as we were <laughs> pre- foretold in the trailer but yes. right away right away from the first scene the camera's doing like fake mockumentary or a fake that's what a mockumentary is Mock, mockumentary style fake documentary style crash zooms on the camera yes and it's just so confusing and distracting because to me that's supposed to indicate there's like a camera crew that we're supposed to be aware of that's like doing this which isn't what the movie's trying to say it just is bad no. directing it's just yeah. like it's just it's bad directing of, inexplicably it's bad sort of they, directing. They,
0: they very obviously switched to it at one point to be like "Ooh, things are tense now yeah uh, i i feel for the director s.j clarkson is the director and i kind of feel for her because you can feel her all throughout this movie oh trying, she's directing all right she's like trying to make something fun out of this or something like kind of more immediate and i you know what like this is often just like pr stuff but she talks about how i just talked about in interviews how like the idea of like you know a, a more psychological or whatever that's what they say anytime there's like not enough action in a movie it's more psychological <laughs> uh the, okay. the, she's, she was like interested in doing something like a superhero thing that was a little more grounded and psychological and i do believe her i believe she was engaged by the idea of oh this is spider man related but it's not like people swinging through the through the buildings in new york city um but she really is being very strenuous about it throughout the movie it's right yeah right as you're saying just from that first scene it's
1: immediately distracting and immediately distracting because the bad guy who from what I understand is a very good actor who gets like nothing to do here his entire performance is I mean most movies have ADR which means the actors recorded it in a studio later and it, it plays over the movie you know you're not supposed to notice these things because it's done seamlessly but in this movie I think it's mo- it's not just him it's other people too throughout the movie because it's very clearly this movie's very clearly like stuck back together with scotch tape sort of deal Uh, but like the villain's entire performance feels like every time he talks he's not on screen it's entire entire lines of dialogue and, and it's so poorly ADR'd into the movie that it sounds like it's like on a different audio track or something. It just is fully yes. like a bad dub. Like you're watching Godzilla and there's a guy talking and his, the, 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 the the words aren't matching up. And it sounds like it's a different guy in a different room. Yeah. And it, that is what's going on to... the entire movie.
0: You get the feeling, because his voice is weird. It's very American accent voice. Yes. Uh, in a way that makes me think. And I don't, this sounds very, I don't mean to say. Yeah, I
1: don't even think it's xenophobic.
0: him. Well, I, I kind of wondered if he... Uh, Ta- tahar rahim who's the, the french actor who's doing this uh who was in the prophet which i have not seen but it was very well oh yeah reviewed.
1: i remember that moment. um
0: i wonder if his accent was too heavy or if he was doing a weird voice that they didn't end up liking or some kind of thing where they were like this is not comprehensible enough and therefore had to dub him over probably with his own voice but with a more because you can again with the dire- as with the directing, you can feel the strain in his voice it's where he's enunciated. trying to sound American. Yes, yes. and I, I would guess Madam he, Webb
1: is over there.
0: Yeah, I would guess he was not sounding so American; was maybe sounding more French uh, in the for in, like in the onset stuff. And they were like, "This is a problem, and we have to fix it." Uh, and they fixed it in a very clunky way, similar to how the director you know is trying to kind of gussy this up a little and she does it in a very clunky like kind of ostentatious distracting way so yeah there's a lot of technical stuff about the movie where right away you're sort of yanked out of it and it's harder to uh to 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 get involved and i think that's why dakota johnson is getting so much credit is because as disaffected as she seems her stuff in this movie is a little more like easy to track you know like <laughs> her character like you understand why her character does stuff for the most part whereas the bad guy it's fairly incomprehensible like why oh why yeah so is happening.
1: mom gets doesn't get bitten by the spider but she gets shot by the guy because he's trying to steal he's... the spiders or yes. something.
0: and then they the, the spider people of the amazon the iranias uh, the spider yeah.
1: people in the trees Who look like Spider-Man, but Uh, don't also. Yes, Uh, they look like Spider-Man, but maybe like the suit's not a part of it. Like it's like they just (laughs) they have like tribal stuff going on.
0: Again, and that, again, that Again, I kind of. Stuff, I kind of got a kick out of it's that. It's
1: cool. They don't talk about it enough.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like, like the Twitter construction. We're not talking about this enough. Um, we
1: are not talking about the Iranians in the Peruvian Amazon enough.
0: Yes, uh, they take they whisk her away to save her. Try to save her. She, she's been shot because she's pregnant, and they use the spider bite to save her. Except they don't save her. They only they deliver the baby successfully, and she dies. Um, And so the baby has some kind of latent spider powers from that. Um, And then we jump forward to 2003, uh, 30 years later, when, when Dakota Johnson's character, that baby is all grown up in Dakota Johnson, and she's sort of a jaded paramedic who's been through the foster system. And is simultaneously sort of like jaded, like I don't, I don't really have parents, and also saying, ah, eh, it's not so bad being a foster kid. <laughs> Weird kind of uh, angling they're doing, where it's unclear as to if she had proper foster parents. I don't even
1: or... remember how she... the inciting incident. Just like she's on the same train as these people or something, which is she's
0: on what, they, with the girls.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to remember how any of this comes into play. Well, it's they, just like, they come she's on the the train. Train.
0: They, yeah. It comes together gradually. She she kind of crosses paths with each of them. And then late, and then yes, they kind of are all seem to be drawn to the same commuter train. Um, and are
1: they drawn to the same commuter train, or are they all traveling to the same place? I feel like, <laughs> like they're all. Well, they're, it's they're so all confusing. Traveling. It's a kind yeah.
0: of weird coincidence, like you know, woo woo kind of. Oh, we all wind up on the same at the well, same her place. Her web connects them something. all. Yes, because her web connects them all, and it's very, it's like very, you know, again, very much describes some of the weirdness of this movie. That watching this, watching them on the commuter train. I the ads posted on the commuter train. I was like, oh, I remember that's like a subway ad from two thousand three, straight up. Like, there's a New York cares, uh, yeah, coat winter so coat. So you're ad really they
1: nailed the period details. Well, and,
0: and at the same time, it's a train that isn't a New York. Uh, it's a Metro <laughs> North train. train. It's right. not a Metro. It's like not a Metro North train at all. Uh, it. Like it's like not in the, st- in the actual style of it's like this is clearly shot in another city because they don't even have a model of what the train looks like. Uh, perfect encapsulation of the weird mix of like. Uh, really spot on period details. And also we don't care that this doesn't look like the train <laughs> that, that is used in New York, but yeah, they all wind up on a train. Eventually it takes a while. <laughs> of, uh, what happens
1: before that? Like, I don't even remember.
0: She like, well, she has her whole, you know, you're introduced to her. Oh, yeah, uh, she has I'm her Pepsi. She, she has her Pepsis that she doesn't drink because Dakota Johnson obviously has beef with Pepsi, and they were like, We made this deal with Pepsi. And she's like, I never fucking signed on on that. I'm yeah, not going to drink Pepsi is, on the screen. She's
1: <laughs> handed several Pepsis, refuses to open at anyone.
0: <laughs> yes. They make reference to her holding Pepsi, but also to not, her not really wanting to drink it. There's a Mountain Dew Code Red can that's period accurate. Don't worry, I checked. Um, yes. Yeah, uh, you see, so she. You Mike see Epps is job. her
1: boss. He dies.
0: <laughs> yes, he's introduced uh, five minutes before he dies. You you meet her and Adam Web, uh, not Adam Web, uh, Adam Scott, who is uh, and a great
1: name for a character. by Yeah,
0: who is who is clearly Ben Parker, uh, P- Peter Parker's uncle. She he's like her only friend basically. Uh, then she has an accident, uh, a near death experience where she like kind of dies and comes back, and that's when her powers are activated. So it's like a while before her powers actually you know also flick off. convoluted
1: and, then, and like i don't really understand why being near death would trigger it that way like why why it took that right moment. no but they okay, don't ever explain fine. that and fine. also
0: even the mechanics of how the powers work it's basically Nicolas cage's power in next you ever see that next yes Nicolas Cage? yeah of course we all did everyone did next mania 2007 um also keeping this movie well within the 2000s i get uh, next <laughs> confused with push chris yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a movie I do not remember very well at all, but I definitely saw on Newton Square. Um, but yeah, she has the next powers. And the, the other thing the movie does that's kind of dumb and like it's kind of fun to watch, but it's like frustrating that they keep doing it is that it takes them a long time for her to get what what's happening. There's like three that, or oh, four scenes yeah. where she's like, wait, didn't you already say that? it's like, you're not getting that you're having visions of the future. Haven't you ever seen a movie like next?
1: Yeah. (laughs) She's constantly seeing people like die in front of her, but then they're actually right there. And she's like, wait, didn't we have this conversation? Weren't you dead? Like she can't figure it out. Yeah. 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 So there's a point and go, is this going to happen forever? Because it was, it was on the train. Yeah. What was the part I did that for? Please tell me. Yeah.
0: That was, it was, it was the part of the train because she has visions of each individual (laughs) girl being killed <laughs> by the by the bad spider it
1: takes like six minutes it just keeps Beauty. happening
0: and like and it's all anchored with this non sequitur of this guy looking at her and going new york city's like a whole new kind of crazy these days or whatever he says uh and there's no reason for him to be saying that in the first place it's so confused. It's like someone yelled something, and he's like, "Oh man, this is the craziest shit you've ever seen." And like, and this guy says this like three times to her. Um, I mean, I always, I like, you know, weird time loopy visions of the future stuff. It's just not handled as, well. It yeah. just started to try my patience, and it does get confusing. How far into the future she's seen, how detailed these visions are, if she's expected to be able to change them, if she's seeing the future that will happen or the future that could happen. And they never really land on what, what she's actually seen. And I think it's supposed to be a little more mystical and woo-woo than something that's really, you know, super nailed down. But it's very, it's very loopy. And it takes a long time for them to finally be like, okay, all these girls are now in the same place. She's trying to protect them. They're on the run from bad Spider-Man, which yes. is a good. That's a perfectly fine hook for a movie. Sure. I did think I, I read some review that was like, "There's no reason for there to be three of these girls. It really would actually would make way more sense if there was just one." Which yeah. I think is also probably true. But it's kind of fun to have like three girls bickering with each other rather than just one.
1: Yeah, um, I but, can't. Yeah, go ahead. What, no, what happens I'm just gonna next? yeah. Like
0: it make it, the three girls makes way more sense if you have them all become different versions of Spice yeah, women. Sure, if but there's a reason they're there. <laughs> yeah, then if you don't, then it is just kind of extra care. So
1: then she basically tells them to go hang out in the woods and don't do anything, just hide yes. while I go do some shit. I don't really yes. remember what it was. And they, of course, don't do that. They go to a diner where they decide they want to dance on a table because that's what teenage girls do, I guess, is they yes. see boys and they go, what remember, if we dance on too- a table?
0: This is 2003. Coyote Ugly was only three years earlier. It's still fresh yeah, in their minds. People
1: are still really hot to trot in terms it of dancing a, on tables. It was
0: a seminal movie for these girls. They would have seen <laughs> Coyote Ugly when they were 14. They're 17 now. They've always wanted to live their Coyote Ugly dreams. That, to me, makes perfect, crystal clear. You weren't clear.
1: questioning that at all.
0: 2000, anyone who was a young person in the 2000s understands. Um yeah, no, it's very simple. And then like- then the
1: movie just kind of is it am I wrong to say the movie just is re- from then on just repetitive nature of like she goes to save them, she sees them die, but she it's a future vision, so then she actually they know they don't die, but I can't stress enough that these are not action sequences. They are just scenes in which Dakota Johnson drives a car into the sky. It, it happens it doesn't it happens twice, like an hour yes. apart. It is yes. incredible that the movie cannot come up with a second thing to happen to the bad guy other than get Someone hit by a, a car a second car. Yeah. time. <laughs> the same taxi, or maybe it's an ambulance and then a taxi? I think it's a taxi taxi.
0: taxi and then an ambulance. She does okay. drive an ambulance through like a big wall, um, like <sighs> in a parking garage. Um, I'll have so much. I'll be so much more clear once I see this second time. Yeah, I really uh. want to get the details, but I want to <laughs> stress
1: a few things. One, no action spectacle. Two, the three spider women never get powers and are only seen in costumes during dream sequences. Three, the bad guy gets hit by a car twice, and then a large sign falls on him. Yes, um, yes. After a, a, a after a, a, a scene in the fireworks factory that yes. is supposed to be cool, but it's just CGI fires going off. Yes, and
0: the, um, yeah. the, when she does actually finally go blind, it's not even he doesn't even blind her. A firework just like goes off in her face.
1: <sighs> so I, ha- I have to imagine that's not the Madame Web origin story. Is <laughs> she was in a fireworks factory <laughs> with three some- teenage girls who are not superheroes, <laughs> and the bad guy who's not Spider Man did not do anything, but instead the firework just got her i'm sure yes. that's canon it feels canon
0: that's exactly the, that's the classic madam webb number one <laughs> <origin story. laughs> we all remember yeah that's that that's why that comic goes for eight hundred thousand dollars today on, 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 on the auctions is because of that amazing story no yeah i don't know i i actually don't know anything about madam webb besides that she's elderly in a wheelchair and blind um, and has psychic powers because she's a pretty minor character in the scheme of Spider-Man stuff. Yeah, you would you can... say she's
1: like perhaps a Spider-Man relative, girlfriend, or villain? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, she's none of the above. Actually, she's she none. Is... Yeah, yeah, she's, she's part like of the nine hundred. Hang her on. I know that's so staggering to me, even as someone who reads comics. That's staggering to me. Um, that they have so, so many. That they. Could... What's goofy is that one thing that they did not do when, in order to do Madame Web. Was that there was a long time uh, they were talking about the idea of doing one called uh, 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 what's it called Sable and Silver I think it is, um, which is a uh, like a, a, so no Silver Silver Sable is the character maybe it was Silver and Gold or something like but there's like
1: you're talking about Crimson and Clover a very good song
0: <laughs> sorry Silver Sable and Black Cat are two characters in Spider Man
1: yes I, Black Cat was a was a Once announced as a movie alongside the other one that's not happening, the bad Bunny starring one.
0: There was going to be one called Silver and Black, I think. That was about Black Cat and Silver Sable. Black Cat's basically Catwoman for Spider-Man. Silver Sable is like a weird mercenary character. They're kind of, you know, like in the Catwoman sense of like, they're criminals, but they're not like megalomaniacal, murderous criminals. They're more like thieves and mercenaries. And... I was like, well, that you could easily spin that off into its own thing that maybe has some kind of tangential Spider-Man connection, but it's basically, you know, an action thriller about a, a cat burglar and a, you know, a mercenary. Like that could be comic booky, but doesn't have to involve Spider-Man. The same way that Venom theoretically could be like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde story without Spider-Man. So it's really baffling to me that they went with Madame Web, which is so intricately connected to a very specific set of Spider powers. Which, and it's hard to do without Spider-Man. Uh, and I was game for watching them try but they really that's the other thing is the way they bizarrely dance around this kind of oh Spider-Man might be born soon Uh, yeah I couldn't tell if that was
1: them trying to be cute or them literally trying to get around contract issues right right
0: it's hard it's really hard to tell or it's hard to tell if they feel like oh wait are you trying to set up a whole world where Spider-Man is a baby and then we have to go through 20 years of (laughs) I guess he becomes Spider-Man earlier so he goes through 15 years of like backstory before we finally get to Spider-Man and then they're thinking well in 15 years the contract with disney will be over and we'll be able to make our spider man our own spider-man movies again to tie into these things it's just very confusing uh to this movie's credit it doesn't have anything that i thought was as stupid as that morbius scene where they zip zap zop uh michael keaton's character over from the disney spider-man and inexplicably have him want to team up with morbius against spider-man who neither of them should have any real grudge against. (laughs) Um, hmm. I don't know if you, you might have left before that yeah happened. I definitely left before that happened for sure <laughs> it's so fucking stupid I do not stupid. remember oh that God. happening at all I it remember did, well, it's, the Doctor makes, Who
1: guy having like sharp teeth or something I don't remember it
0: makes no goddamn sense they make this whole movie where Morbius is sort of becomes an anti not sort of a basically the same with Venom like basically a superhero with a little yeah. bit of a dark side and then at the end they do like a little tease where they're like well now Morbius hates Spider-Man <laughs> and a Vulture who like was in jail but like didn't seem to be mad at spider-man in fact kept his secret in jail because he sort of respected peter parker uh now the two of them both hate spider-man and want to team up and kill him (laughs) it just makes no goddamn sense so i appreciate i appreciate that madam webb just kept kept him inside emma roberts tummy for most of the movie uh but and then, like, did a
1: really awkward cut instead of saying his name.
0: It's so weird. Yes, like, I don't remember what happened, but it's very weird. It's it's very weird. I and do remember yeah.
1: Madam Webb splits herself into three copies of herself at the end to, like, yeah, save everyone. She
0: like, she, like, astral projects herself. Again, like, I'm so down for something that's that loopy that features astral uh, projection and a psycho Spider-Man who's stalk, tra- stalking and trying to murder. Yeah, on paper,
1: three. it sounds fun.
0: It sounds like a fun kind of like, like I said, like kind of the, the, and the reason we even discuss it on a horror podcast, like a kind of horror thriller version of Spider-Man. Yeah. The same way that, you know, Venom is supposed to be like kind of a monster movie version of Spider-Man and Morbius is a vampire movie version of Spider-Man. But they just haven't nailed for any of these. And maybe Craven the Hunter will, <laughs> will do it. They haven't nailed like, like they're, they're a little cowardly about making it full on, like let's make it kind of a thriller instead of a sp- superhero movie the same way that the Venom and Morbius are like cowardly about like actually making either of them particularly bad, you know, they kind of just end up being Wolverine style, like a little rough around the edges, but basically a hero. Um, and it's just like, it's a, then, then it's like, well, why are you doing it? If it decides to, that's what makes it feel like you're just doing it for the contract uh, because you don't have someone going, Oh yeah, I, I legitimately think you could make a cool horror thriller or cool. You know, sci-fi thriller or whatever out of this material. Um, so it's just a huge bummer, and I like I would I really like the idea actually of uh, some of these movies, only because there's a kind of spiteful part of me that's like, yeah, Marvel shouldn't get everything. Like, yeah. the MCU should not be in charge of 80% of the superheroes that make movies. Like, this should not all be in Spider-Man movies that come out once every three years because Marvel's busy jerking around with all these other like mediocre movies. So I kind of like the idea of Sony getting (laughs) Spider-Man. Let another studio survive. Uh, And I I like the idea of the Scream Jazz aesthetic, but yeah, it doesn't really play.
1: What is so interesting about the whole Sony hack thing and like the, the deal is that if the Sony hack hadn't happened and people, fans didn't get word that that deal was kind of like being talked about behind the scenes, even though it hasn't happened yet, it was that, I don't know if you remember, but it was like social media groundswell blogger shit. That helped that deal actually come to fruition. It was fans being like, "Come on, Sony, fuck off!" Like we want to see, we want to see Marvel. We want to see Spider Man in Marvel. And I don't know if the leak, if the leak hadn't happened, would that deal have happened? Like I just truly don't know if we'll ever know. We, we, yeah, we, we'll never know.
0: But yeah, well, the whole the whole Sony leak thing. So many things like were sort of laid bare, and also like the process behind them were sort of laid bare in kind of an uncomfortable way. And you do kind of wonder how much you know. How, how the reverberations of that feel like they're still sort of... It definitely
1: is still reverberating because, yeah, it's... You, you can read the passage about... There's an article... Uh, it was in a book or something where, like, Amy Pascal, the moment that Kevin Feige, like, came to her and said, after the second Garfield movie, like, hey, let us make these. You, you guys you are guys fucking are struggling. Up. Yeah. yeah, she famously <laughs> cried and threw a sandwich at him, apparently. Yeah. Like, because Amy Pascal, like, that's her legacy is, like, spider Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it must have been a hard thing to accept, but I do think for the fans or ultimately or whatever, that deal was what people wanted, to the degree where, according to Joanna Robinson, Marvel, you know, put full production force behind making Spider Man movies and only takes five percent back for themselves and Sony gets ninety five percent. It's like a bad deal. And yeah. they did it just to, you know, get the character the way they wanted it but it's just so interesting to think about these reverberations and why we are where we are and why we're making movies about Spider-Man without Spider-Man in them. Yeah. It's a weird place to be. The movie doesn't work, uh, really at all, but God bless it. There's a real, there's, there's one funny joke that's like intentional, which is like, I think they're like, it's like her superhero origin story. It's just like, yeah, my mom died, uh, and she was pregnant with me and she died. And it's just, yeah. it's, I forget what the context is, but it's like a funny moment where. Yeah. There's,
0: a, there's a funny moment at the baby shower, too, where she, like, yes. it's kind of puts her foot in her mouth in a in a kind of morbid and <laughs> g- 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 gruesome way. Like, oh, yeah, my um, mom
1: died during childbirth, but you'll be fine or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Sort of thing.
0: Um, and I feel like that's exactly the kind of thing where you could have something that's a little more dark humored, a little more kind of genuinely off putting or, or, you know, I don't know, just a little more. These things are all just like, I mean, it's, it's the why I feel comfortable taking my kid to see it. It's like pretty edgeless, you know, <laughs> ultimately. Uh, but if you argue like all the Marvel movies are pretty, you know, relatively family friendly or or anyway, kids go to see them whether or not they're full of machine gun fire or not. So it does feel like there's an opportunity to do something different. And I think Spider-Verse does a great job of going the other direction where that's even more family friendly because it's an, it's animated and it's full of like gags and stuff um and that's like so you can do these different versions of a character it doesn't all have to be this is from ages this is for ages 5 to 85 you know like you could have something that and not that the spider-verse movies are for kids but like they are partially for kids they they have a kid appeal um in a really fun way i like would i'm delighted to take my kid to go see that like, What a, to see such like a good well-animated you know spider-man movie so I feel like there's room for on the other end of that spectrum to make something that's a little like darker or weirder around the Spider-Man characters. But they like kind of always chicken out because as much as this recreates the 2003 aesthetics, they still kind of want it to be something MCU-ish, you know, even though they're not good at recreating that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mention that the sign that falls on him is a Pepsi sign. Uh, yes, the iconic the Long Island Pepsi City, sign. the iconic like, yeah. Long Island City Pepsi sign, which I lived blocks away from for years. Uh, the geography's all off though; it's not at all where it's supposed to be. Uh, right. Yes. And it falls on him, and that's the big, the big third act <laughs> moment.
0: The, the Pepsi side kills him. Yeah.
1: It's truly crazy. Um, yeah, it's a bad movie. Uh, but it was really, f- it was one of those bad movies that was kind of fun to watch in a room full of people laughing at it. So. Yeah. It's funny. Sony got tricked into re-releasing Morbius because there were so many memes and it went so viral that they were like, we got to capitalize on this. And then it just bombed a second time. Um, yes. Do you think they'll do that with Madame Web? Because <laughs> it is having the not. same exact trajectory. You
0: know, I, as much as like, I don't know how to put this without trying to sound like a know-it-all, but like, okay, I saw someone. This is just a very, this is a very niche complaint, but I saw someone saying like, Sony clearly doesn't get internet culture. Cause you know they thought Mo- Morbius was a meme, so they re-released it and it bombed. And then they have this thing that is a meme that's like the she was researching spiders in the Amazon with my mother just before she died. And they didn't—they took the line out of the movie instead of like emphasize. People would have cheered. It's like first of all, no one's gonna make any fucking money off of keeping a shitty line from a trailer in a movie. Second. It's very obvious to me that that line in that trailer, though it's very very awkward. It's awkward because it was stitched together from like two different scenes. 100%. Like it's so things. and there's
1: also people So of
0: course you're not going to keep it in the Of course like it's not shocking to me that it's on the movie. I never I was like watching it the first time people were laughing at it. I was like, "Yeah, this is like bad trailer stitching. It's not like a line from the movie." There's
1: another badly edited clip that people are saying is emblematic of the bad editing in the movie and I'm oh like, yeah, with,
0: with her with her in the in getting yeah. out of the thing yeah that's not i'm on oh, like i don't. couldn't say for sure again i'll know for sure when i go see it again with my child uh i'm 90 sure i think that you're right that's just that's like a, a abbreviated clip for social media it was not how it plays out in the yes. movie I mean, got edited movie it differently
1: like, people have yeah the, in fact the people saying that the sony has no internet Knowledge have no internet fucking knowledge. They have no right, idea right. You don't
0: know how yeah. these things are truncated for trailers or for clips or for whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's like, I mean, like, and then you're in the position of being like, well, actually, that's not that. you know, like, trying to say like, oh no, Madam Web is good. Actually, and I don't mean that. I just mean like, have a little bit of savvy that you're not the smartest one in the room here um similarly the morbius thing that that was kind of baffling but sony has actually frequently re-released movies late in the run for reasons i don't i don't understand i can't claim to have some kind of business acumen to say oh well this is why they're doing this but i'm 80 percent sure they did not re-release morbius because of an actual meme uh gran turismo was bumped back into a bunch of theaters uh like in september or october they're just like opportunistic
1: about about yeah. like when there's openings, I guess. I think yeah. because
0: Sony is one of the most theatrically minded studios, they don't have their own streaming service anymore. I think they sold off Crackle, or they don't they don't have much to do with Crackle anymore. So they don't have something that this is gonna feed into. They keep stuff in theaters forever, and if they see a weekend where there's like some screens available, they randomly will push stuff back out on eight hundred screens for no reason. <laughs> and I think that's what happened with Morbius. That's what happened with um that's what happened with Duranturismo. I remember um this is going way back like 2002 the original spider-man i mean that was a huge hit but like over labor day that movie and men in black 2 were re-released together as like a two-for-one double feature
1: i'll never forget it yeah. i i vividly remember that <laughs> i probably and went and having seen both it already.
0: wasn't yeah it wasn't by popular demand it did not do well at all it was just like there's some screens available and we have a movie and it's not on video yet so we're going to push it back out um it's it's very frustrating in fact because i want to see the teacher's lounge uh the mm. one of the nominees for the foreign language film and sony classics has it and i don't know if i just missed when it was at an amc in the city or if it just never went out to AMC. other other cities it's played at multiplexes and stuff but here it hasn't so i'm like i want i you know i would i love to go out to the movie so i would be happy to i'm happy to go see it in the theaters but it's only playing at the village east like twice a day but it's also nowhere near coming to vod where i could just pay 10 bucks or 20 bucks to rent it uh it's just very so like that's and that's sony sony like keeps stuff out off of vod for longer than anyone else um, that's why it was also so funny when people are complaining about No Way Home going to VOD too early, that they were leaving money on the table because it went to VOD after like four months or whatever because it was this huge hit. And it's like, Sony is like the least bad about that if you think that's bad. You know, like they keep stuff in theaters for a long time. So they probably yeah. will push Madam Web back out on a bunch of screens in the middle, and on March 15th, I'm calling it now because there's not a lot coming out that weekend. They're going to put uh, Madam Web on 400 more screens and a bunch of nerds on the internet are going to be like, they're doing this because they're misinterpreting our meme. And it's like, no, they're doing this because, like, that's some kind of movie business shit you don't understand. Um, that's just a minor. It's, again, it makes you sound like you think I think, like, I think Sony's geniuses and Madam Web is, like, a good thing. And I don't necessarily think that. No. I just, uh, the smugness on Twitter and stuff like that is just unbearable sometimes. Like, the people, everyone thinks everything's about what they're doing on the internet. It just yeah. absolutely is not. Yeah. Anyway, that's my weird, mealy mouth defense of, Madame, <laughs> of Sony and Madam Web, even though they're clearly messing up and every Every turn, and I'm really curious to see what they do, if anything, with uh with Craven the Hunter, which supposedly was testing well, maybe. Yeah. Uh which is seems hard to believe, but at the same time, I don't know. Maybe maybe they accidentally made a good one. I don't know about Craven. (laughs) Yeah. Venom three will be fun. They do have JC Chandor in Craven the Hunter. Maybe he made like a good fun action movie. Like, who knows?
1: Yeah, I think they would be better off like making trying to dis- disconnect it from spider-man yeah. at that point like the tide has turned so much that craven the hunter is going to be a standalone what do you mean this is a spider-man villain this is uh this is braven <laughs> yeah. the bunter i don't yeah. know they're yeah. gonna change well, they it even somehow. already
0: kind of had that you know you you can tell that johnson was told and eh, don't, you don't need to say big make a big deal about this being a spider-man thing you can tell they're trying to make it seem like the barrier of entry is low you know you, like some of yeah. her stuff on talk shows was kind of like I think people interpreted it as trying to distance themselves from superhero movies. what you could really, what she was saying really was you don't need to see another movie before you see this movie. Um, which is right. true. You don't, need to, you don't need to, because it is entirely disconnected. For, you know, it has no actual connection to Spider-Man. It just like is this weird free floating thing that where Spider-Man is in someone's uterus for the entire movie. <laughs>
1: Oh, swinging it
0: around in there as they say yeah, there
1: were some really funny letterbox reviews one of them being like is Peter Parker in it and then it's like cuts to the amniotic sack on the floor <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess so <laughs> yeah. and the other one was my lips clearly mouthing something completely different I thought this was great <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's... really oh, good ADR was, joke is... we love to yeah, see that it was funny.
1: that was George Severus with the ADR joke and Chase Mitchell with the amniotic sack on the puddle on the floor joke <laughs> um, great stuff Check out Madam Webb in theaters now, and check out the New Flesh Patreon for Driveaway Dolls and the Can We Remember What Happened in Trunk Locked In? I think episode. there was a trunk,
0: right? There was. A trunk I think she was it.
1: locked in the trunk, but there's. Yeah. I don't know. We'll get into it. Was
0: she locked in? Locked out? I don't remember. <laughs> we'll no see. one
1: can. No one can say. We'll have to watch it again. <laughs>
0: Lifestyle. <laughs> Forgive me if I don't stay around to watch. I just can't cope with the freaks.